morning. Good morning. I'm so excited. So y'all, I'm going to jump right in because I have a lot to say. Y'all know that. I'm so excited to be here to encourage you in the word of the Lord. It is Mindset Monday. I am Latrice Bartley. I am here to encourage you, to help you get fit, get focused, intentional, and tenacious. God first, go second. Come on, y'all. Listen, Mindset Monday is simple. It can be summed up in one scripture, and it's found in Philippians, y'all. And here's what it said. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. That is so important because I believe as a woman of God, no matter what you're doing, parenting, marriage, business, healing, wherever you find yourself or all of the above, guess what? It's going to take the mind of Christ. So Mindset Monday for me is my way to just help you navigate. Come on, let's get this week started. So y'all, I've been gone. I uh, left a message for you this morning. I pray some of you got a minute to listen to it. Oh, it encouraged me. I talked about doubt, not even going to go there because that's a whole message. But here is what I want to do. Today, we are closing out AIM, and I'm not going to go through it all. I'm going to do a quick review because I know it's been a couple of weeks, so I want to close it out, and then, of course, next week, we are in chapter two of Ephesians, but AIM, AIM was something that the Lord gave me as we kicked off uh, Ephesians, just remembering our position, right, um, and so I, I want to just bear with me. I'm not going to rush through it, but I want to just review and then give you how we're going to conclude. And I'm excited. All right. So here we go. Y'all know. Okay. You feel me? I know I'm goofy, but I'm excited. The word makes me excited. The word makes me happy. So aim. What do I mean by aim? The definition of aim, as I gave before, is a purpose, an intention, right? It's a desired outcome. Simply put, when we aim, whether it's a business goal, our marriage, we, we should have goals for our marriage, children, whatever. It is a desired outcome, right? The intention of achieving something. What is our scripture reference? We're going to dive into this today as we're um, concluding this series. Our scripture reference says, my aim is to know him, to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings, and to be like him in his death. So this scripture tells us there's four things that we should be aiming at, to know him, experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings, and to be like him in his death. And why am I using that? Well, listen, Mindset Monday is what I believe my opportunity to remind you God first, goal second. Because the reality is we all have an aim. We have a desired outcome, but we want to make sure in all our ways, we are acknowledging God first and then allowing him to direct our path. Not just letting that be a scripture, not in the big things. When things go wrong, we had a crossword. We're in the valley of decisions. No, in all our ways. I received a big check, $1.2 million. No, I'm not just going to the mall. Lord, what a blessing. Now, how do you want me to steward this that you brought to me, right? My children, it's it, our aim is starting with him. That's what I believe. So Mindset Monday is me saying, come on, how do we set our mind? It must be on things above through the word of God. Okay. So just a quick review. You can go back to the previous podcast, or if you um, subscribe to the YouTube channel, 
You can go back through there and you'll see aim. You are rich. God has a plan. But I'm just going to give some highlights of what we've already covered us. Number one, everything that the Lord was going, God is going to do is already done. He has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realm, in the heavenly realm. Hear me. And so don't forget when I'm talking about aim, right? A purpose, an intention, a desired outcome. So in other words, we must know that we start from a place called done. We must know that we are not working for blessings. He has already blessed us. We must really open up the Bible and allow the word of God, not just read it, but believe it and do it. So what does that mean? Then I am in contact, right, with headquarters, with spiritual headquarters. And I'm like, okay, God, you already wrote the plan. So today I'm acknowledging you. I'm sitting, I'm listening, not just praying, talking, but listening so that I can get direction. He's already given us. And whether you know it or not, like I said on that episode, I don't want to re-go over the whole episode. But when you understand that you have all spiritual blessings, you might be like, well, I need them down here. No, 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 no. That. That, that that's wealth right there. When you understand goodness and mercy and grace and that I am redeemed, when you understand favor and adopted and love, it doesn't matter some of the things you really can't say, Lord, let thy will be done as it is in heaven on earth. You really can begin to walk by faith and know that God has me. If I'm acknowledging him in all my ways, it's going to, some things is going to take courage, right? But at the end of the day, I know that God is going to align me. I'm going to stay on the path that he has already planned for my life. And then we also talked about you are rich. God has a plan. I'm not going to even go there, but here's what I loved about this verse. In this particular episode, I discussed when we talk about aim, we are in a culture and a society, right? Where we have the master classes, coaches, I'm one, not knocking anyone. But here's the thing, understanding that your first, again, is God first, goal second. We want to acknowledge him. Lord, you gave me this business. This business is your idea. This marriage is is your it's a covenant relationship that my husband and I are in with you. So I'm acknowledging you to get the right resource or so that we can be on one accord. So what am I saying? Many people do what? They play, they pay for strategies and plans. They want somebody, you did it, you're the subject matter expert, you made 2.5, I want to make 2.5 million, and we have literally people pay for this. But y'all, God has the plan. Psalms 139.16 reminds us, he knew us. All of our days, all of our days were appointed, recorded before we lived any one of them. So when we understand, hold on. You have the plan. God has the plan, but the plan is in him, right? What do I mean? Jeremiah 29, 11, we love this scripture that um, God's thoughts are good and not evil, that he will bring us to our expected end. But the hope of that scripture is so savory. That sounds good. God, no, and depending on the version, his thoughts, he has a plan. But what I love about that is, as I discussed in here, when you go up and read some verses up, these people were in, ex in exile for over 40, like 40 years, okay? It wasn't nothing great. 
It was like, yep, this is where you're going to be. But you're going to produce here. You're going to marry here. You're going to have children here. You're going to leave it better. Y'all, come on. And then at the end, it says that I'm going to bring you out. So what does that mean? It means that even when we don't understand where we're sitting, God has the plan. We even in that place can produce. Even in that place, we have favor. Even in that place, we can know that we are not forgotten. He sees us. It couldn't come unless God allows. I'm going to leave that alone. But that is so beautiful to understand that I don't need someone to, listen, I tell my clients all the time, you can come to me. I'm not God. Now I'm going to take what God has made me a subject matter expert in, and I'm going to help you, but he has the plan. So what I'm here to do is to point you up. I'm here to take some practical strategies, but yet I'm pointing you up with those strategies because you have to know he's already done it. All right. So then as we went on, we talked about, we were rich in what love, favor, grace, mercy, peace. Y'all I can go on, read the Bible. You rich. Our inheritance is upward and it flows downward. So then as we kept going and aim, we talked about what, when you're aiming, you got to see. You have to see what you're aiming at. So that was spiritually speaking. We need sight and vision when we're aiming, right? We need to see. You got to be able to see what you're focusing on, what you, whatever you're aiming at, the desire income, where you're going to hit that target. You need, hear me, spiritual vision. vision. And so we talked about allowing, making sure our prayers, God, open up my eyes so that I can see already, y'all, Open up my eyes so I can see the provision and the protection that he has already provided. Hear me. When you get up in the morning, there should be a joy. Don't let the enemy bombard you with all the things. No, 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 no. Push against that and begin to say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that I woke up with brand new mercies. I thank you, oh God, for goodness and mercy that's following me. Your grace, oh God. I thank you for breath that's in my butt. Like, come on. We begin to make our boast in him. We... You have to see, right? And so I love that this part came from Paul, his prayer that he says specifically, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be opened. And he was talking spiritually speaking, okay? Because everything that we are is in Christ, in Christ. We see that in Ephesians in the first chapter, in Christ, all right? So we must see ourselves through the lenses of God's word, through the lenses of who he says we are. So then as we went on in A, we talked about you wealthy. I changed it up on you. And I did that specifically and I read this version. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones, his holy ones. My pastor talked all about that yesterday. It was so good. His holy ones. Come on. So with that episode, I mentioned, listen, a wealthy person typically has a significant network. It's not all about the money, right? They have a lot of assets. They acquire things beyond them, making sure buildings and they, they start stuff that will outlast them. They, they're focused on legacy. There's diversity in their, um, and their wealth. They have real estate, investment, cash. Okay. So hear me when we are wealthy, it's not just about 
cash, money, being rich. Hear me spiritually. We are wealthy. We are seated in heavenly places. In other words, we are seated somewhere. We got dual citizenship. We seated here, but down here is just operations. So I'm seated with Christ Jesus. I'm getting my orders, but then I'm operating down here differently. Come on. We, we are, we have coverage in the spirit. We have a supernatural advantage in the Holy Spirit. So when we understand that, that's wealth. What money? What money, money, Holy Spirit, money, Holy Spirit for all of it. Come on, y'all, the Holy Spirit who is speaking directly from my heavenly father. Ooh, I ain't gonna go there. So check out that episode. So bring it on in. We then, I um, talked about for two episodes, what does it mean to aim? And I shared with you through that episodes, the synonyms to point, direct, train, see, focus, level. We have to be level. You can't be aiming and you like this, right? Level, line up. Those were some of the things. So anyway, go check that out. That's a quick, that was my quick review. But today, today, as we close out, here is what I want to say. This is the conclusion of the matter. This is the conclusion of the matter. And the conclusion of the matter is found in Philippians 3. 12 through 14. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. So I'm going to read it for you really quick once I find it. All right. This is what it says in the King James version, but I want to read it in a different version. King James, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Here's what I want to read it in a different version. And this is what it says. I have not yet reached my goal. And remember, we're talking about aim. It says, I have not yet reached my goal and I am not perfect, but Christ has taken hold of me. So I keep on running and struggling to take hold of the prize. My friends, I don't feel I have already arrived, but I forget what is behind and I struggle for what is ahead. I run toward the goal so I can win the prize of being called to heaven. That is the prize God offers others because of what Christ Jesus has done. Y'all, I don't know it that just sums it up and I love it because you know how much I love running. And let's think about that naturally. What am I saying with aim? I've said a lot, but y'all, as I said, it's a desired outcome. And how I want to conclude this series is reminding you that our goal, our focus must be heaven, y'all. Listen, we must be, um, heaven must be in our goal. And we don't have in this day where people are really preaching and ministering about heaven, but that must be our goal, not leveling up, not our business reaching eight figures, not, no, but it must be about the soul of man. It must be hearing, well done, my faithful servant. We're seeing Jesus face to face. That is our aim, y'all. And I know it's like, what? Yes, in purposely living and running my business. That's my aim. Because listen, the money, the things, that's the byproduct of my obedience. But if I keep heaven as my goal, if my goal is to see Jesus, to glorify him in every day and how I handle the one soul and how I steward my children and homeschool them and how I love my husband and how I treat my neighbor. Come on, that is the goal. And so y'all, this is so important because he starts off, Paul said, I have not reached it. 
I'm not perfect. He said, but I'm going to keep on running and struggling. I like that because listen, I say in one of my classes to um, some of my clients, the struggle is real. You know, we hear that. No, really, the struggle is real. There is a real struggle and we must understand that. But he says, my friends, I don't feel like I've arrived, but what I'm going to do is forget what's behind. I'm going to keep going. And so that's what I want to encourage you as we end this series. We must keep going. We cannot be of those that draw back. We cannot quit, y'all. We are going to keep on aiming. Every Every day until Jesus come, guess what? You got to aim. We got to get out the bed and, and make our joy, rejoice in the Lord. Make our boast in him. Open up that Bible. Read the Bible, y'all. Not your devotional. Read the word of God. Study God's word. Come on. that Our faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Listen, I hope you're part of a, um, a local church. Come on. We need the word of God. And that's how our faith is going to be increased. So what am I saying today? Well, that was it. That's the scripture. But this is how I want to just break down our other anchor scripture that I just read to you, right? I want you to really, really understand this scripture. So this is how I'm going to end it. Our, our focal scripture says, my aim is to know him, to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings and to be like him in his death. And I believe when we're doing that, then we can go right back to Philippians 2 and 12. Because guess what? That that I just mentioned is not a one-time thing. No, it's an everyday showing up, showing up, believing the word, walking it out, okay? So the first part, to know him. What does it mean to know him? Well, to know him is to recognize Christ in his divine authority. And we do that through the word of God. To know God is to know his word. Y'all, you cannot know God and don't read your Bible. That is Mindset Monday, the anchor scripture. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. It begins, this is why I'm here. Open the Bible. I know you like, girl, but I need a business strategy. Open the Bible. There is not one thing that you could deal with in your life that the word of God does not cover. Hear me. I was just sitting down with my husband last night and I said, I'd be all over when I'm trying to prepare my set Monday because when I'm digging and, and I'm doing my research and then I just come across scriptures and I feel like I'd be highlighting. I got lines going all around in my Bible because I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. It's amazing. You have to take time to study God's word. I'm telling you, there isn't anything that you can go through that God's word does not cover. So we know God through his word. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 amplified says, in all your ways, and I love this version because I'm amplified. Um, in all your ways, know and acknowledge, recognize him and he will make your paths straight and smooth, removing obstacles. How else do we know God? We know him through his love, y'all. Oh my God, when you start reading the word of God and you see this Jesus, the word became flesh. It's not just words, but this word became human form. When you see Jesus and how he touched those that was untouchable, he healed and he loved it. And then you see what he did for us. You know him through his love. When the enemy tried to say, oh, that, oh no, you ain't going to rebound from that. No, you know him through his love. Yes, that Jesus that gave his life for you. So we must know him through his love. First John four and seven 
says, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. So come on, we know him through his love. And then how do we know him again? We use the word no so lightly. And this is how I wanted to share this. You know, when I thought about the, the scripture where it says that we must know him, we use no like love and friendship. And as a mom, one of the things I teach my kids right now, I mean, I've been for years, actually, I teach them right now. Everyone is not your friend. Like they will tell you, I will correct them in a minute. They'll be like, mama, it, they, you know, maybe when I met somebody and they'd be like, mama, friend, that's not your friend. And they'd be like, because I want to drill in them. You have acquaintances. You have, you know, people that will become your friend. You have people that's just in your life for a season. But friendship matters. When you say a, a, someone is your friend, it's a relationship. You just met them. That might be acquaintance. You know, I'm trying because I want them to be very intentional with their words. And you know what? The same is with us with know and love. You know, we, we have to be more intentional. So when we think about when I'm saying to know God, we use this word lo loosely. You know, you can meet somebody and they say, oh, I know her. No, you don't. Because the reality is to know someone, there is a relationship. You might know about them, but knowing them is a different, uh, a different position. And many of us know about God. We know about the word, but we don't know him. We are not in relationship with him. And so to know Christ is founded on a relationship. It is reading and believing his word, right? And so I want to encourage you, just like this scripture said, our aim is to know him. So how do we do that? We must open up our Bible. We must begin to search the scriptures, read the Bible, not for what we want it to say, but what it says. Believe it and do it. Okay. Now let's keep going. The next part in that scripture says, first part, my aim is to know him, to experience the power of his resurrection. I'm still talking about aim. This is, should be all of our aim to experience the power of his resurrection. Well, plainly put, that sounds great. Woo, you know, we've all been to the message. God is a resurrector. I mean, to that heard the message rather. And we shout. The reality is to have a resurrection, something must die. You must die. Your will must die for his will. You have to die for him to resurrect anything. So I want to really drive. The key point in this part is death. Every day we have to be willing to die to our way. We must be willing to say, God, your will be done. And how do we know his will? Through the word of God. So Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, your reasonable service. Okay. Now, as we go on, the next part of this scripture, we're talking about aim because this is our aim. Number three, to share in his sufferings. Bottom line, y'all. This is about relationship. Every relationship is not, is not perfect. Whether it's a friendship, it's a marriage, we have highs and lows. But I believe the beauty of a, a true relationship or a true friendship, you look back and you go, we weathered it. You know, I think about my marriage. We've been through some things, but we've weathered it. We're still weathering it. We're still building 
something great with Christ, in Christ. And so the reality is you don't give up. You know, I think about um, people that have offended me. I think about um, relationships that there's been some bumps in the road. But you know what? Listen, my friends will tell you, I'm a communicator. I will call. We're going to sit down and talk. You know, we're going to get it straight. And then we keep on loving. And so that's the beauty, right? It's the same in Christ. You cannot love him and not suffer. You know, it's a relationship, and so this is what the word of God says on that. Romans 8, 17 through 18, New Living Translation. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Now that sounds good. All right, heirs. What? I'm heir to the throne. I'm seated in holy places. I am the royal priesthood. Come on, we love to quote them scriptures. Okay, let's keep going. It says, but if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. Come on, y'all. Suffering is a part of it. But that suffering worketh something in us. It worketh patience. It, it starts molding us and perfecting us and correcting us. So we have to suffer. Think about it naturally. Your child, your relationship with your child or if you are a caregiver or have been a parent, Listen, it is, I, I experienced for real. I remember when I used to get, I, I got a whipping, you know, many times. And I remember, you know, my dad, oh my God, he would lecture and beat you. It was like the worst. And so get a whipping. And he would say, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And I used to just be, that annoyed me. I'm like, no, it don't. But as a parent now, I understand because it's like, it's something about, you know, discipline your children, but yet you don't spare it, you know, because you recognize, no, I have a responsibility to teach you, to mold you, to work with God. And I, I want them to be young men um, of valor. I want them to be courageous young men, to have moral character. I want them to follow um, the purpose that God has created them uh, whatever he's created them to do. And so that requires teaching that requires discipline and, and sometimes taking the things away from them and putting them on the punishment, tell them they're not going to the party. You want them to go more than they don't. You really do like this hurts me more. Well, at least it feel like it. But the reality is that suffering is teaching them something It's working. It's the same thing with our heavenly father. And so the last one, Again, um, our core scripture, just reading it one more time here where uh, my aim is to know him, to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his suffering and to be like him in his death. Well, this last one, Woo, I'm not going to lie. When I was preparing this, this last one, I almost, I, I almost broke down this last one and to be like him in his death. And when I sat there, I was telling my husband when I was thinking about this particular passage, I was like, huh? Uh, what am I going to say about this? And y'all, the first thing that the Holy Spirit put on my heart was the story of the thief on the cross. And I thought about how Jesus, man, he was about his father's business. He had a mission. He had an aim. You want to talk about somebody aim? I listen, that's who we need to keep our eyes on. Really? I'm not just saying that Jesus, he had an aim. He knew the goal to be achieved, the desired outcome. And it was to take away the sins of this world. Y'all, he was about his father. It wasn't about the miracles and all the things. That was good. But y'all, the cross is where he had to go. But here's the thing. 
He had, when you think about that time leading up to his death, he had to carry his cross. He was beaten, spit on, mocked. He was lonely. Y'all, he is now nailed to the cross. He is up on the cross. But one of the criminals, you, we had two on each side, one mocking him. With the people down there, you about to die too, but you talking smack. But the one next to him, y'all, he reverenced him. He recognized who Jesus was. And here's what he said. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Y'all, even in his death, he was saving and when you think about that, why is that so important? That should be our aim. Think about it. Sometimes we go through things in our life, our marriage, our children, disappointments, and we just write people, I don't want to talk to nobody today. I met myself included. I don't want to be bothered. Mm -mm. But Jesus said, no, I really do think we need to bring back the day of the, the bands that said, what would Jesus do? No, it when we're going to be like him in his death, y'all, he was up there. Like being mocked, they're putting signs, you know, king of the Jew. They're, they're, they're spinning and they're doing all the things. But yet on the cross, he's about the one. And God wants us to have that same mindset in our marriage, with our family, in our businesses. We must be. Yes, we hurt. Yes, we suffered. Today wasn't a good day. But still we can serve. Still we can count it all joy. We can shift the atmosphere. We can pick up that phone and encourage somebody. Yes, encourage someone. Yet when you need encouragement, come on, that's showing maturity in the faith, y'all. And so I wanted to encourage you in as we conclude in AIM, we must keep heaven as our goal. And you know, I wanted to share something transparently, what that looked like as I end this. Because this, my my pastor has been preaching, uh, he's just been preaching the anointing man about holiness and just all the things. I mean, it's just, woo, it's been good. But he said something one day, one particular Sunday, and something came back to my mind and I smiled and I wanted to cry. But I was so thankful that I got it now. I, I get it. And I was sharing with my husband and I just want to share with you because when we talk about aim, the re reality is, Sometimes our aim can get cloudy. Sometimes we can say, oh yeah, my aim, I'm, I, my Lord is the head of my life. You know how we do testify. You know, it's all about God. Is it? You know, sometimes we're not level as we think we are. Well, I remember a season and I think I had just given my life to Lord. I probably, if I be honest, was saved maybe two years, maybe two years. I mean, doing all the things, loving God, really loved him with my heart, knew he changed me. I'm serving, volunteering, just y'all going after him. But I will never forget one particular Sunday in this season, my pastor was preaching and I just remember her through the words saying, there's going to come a time where we're going to see, say, come Lord Jesus, come like, it's going to get so bad. We like, uh, -uh come get us today. And I kid you not, that did something to me. And I was like, Oh no, not yet. I want to get married. I, I want to get, I and welcome. This is Latrice Bartley, founder of Purposefully Living, where your passion meets God's purpose. I believe God created you 
for a purpose. So why not purposefully live every day of your life by embracing your uniqueness and walking in the fullness of who Christ created you to be?